Good morning, church. Happy Mother's Day. If you're proud that your mother's here or that you that your mother is an awesome person, let's give her a hand clap. And some of you guys didn't clap. We'll talk about that later. Man, it's awesome uh, to be here this morning. Uh, man, God's given us a, a great day. And uh, this, is, uh, this is week three of our Promise the Series. And, um, man, I'm just excited for today. Who's excited to be here today? Anybody? Man, I'm, I'm just excited to be here. God's just, uh, man, God's just been doing some stuff. If I make it through this message without crying, it'll be a miracle. But we'll see. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about the promise that God is here. You know, we go through a lot of trials, we go through a lot of problems in life, and we often wonder, where'd he go? We often wonder if, if he's even here with us. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if we can rest in the fact that God has said throughout his, all, throughout his word, from the front to the back, that he is here and he is with you. So we can rest in the fact, number one, that I am never alone, that God is here. And when I began to look at that this week, I was like, well, all right, where else does it say it? It says it in Hebrews. I know it says it uh, to Joshua. I know God tells that to Joshua, but I just want to run through some right quick for you. In Genesis 28, it says in verse 15, this was spoken to Jacob in a dream. He says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you will go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. In 1 Chronicles 28, 20, David says to Solomon, his son, he says, look, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And then in Isaiah 41, 10, God is telling Isaiah, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Man, doesn't that give you some comfort this morning that you know that the God that created you, that the God of this earth, that the God that made everything around us is telling us, those of you that are his this morning, that he is with you. Man, it gives me some comfort to know that, that there's nothing that goes on in my life that he don't know where I am. There's nothing that goes on in my life that, that he's not right there. Just waiting. That's something to be excited about, guys. That's something to be smiling about. That's something to be shouting about. Amen? amen. My front row folks, y'all got to do me a little better job. It's amen and <laughs> Before we go any further, I wanna go, we're going to go into Deuteronomy chapter 31. That's where we're going to go. That's the scripture we're going to be using this morning. But before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, again, we come to you and we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, God, for the promises that you sent us. I thank you, Lord, that you uh, didn't leave us nor forsake us. And I thank you, God, that, that uh, we can come to you with everything. Everything we struggle with in life, everything that, that is going on, Lord, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I can rest in you because you are right there with me. Thank you, God, for that. God, I pray that you would just reveal things to us, reveal areas in our life that we need to change, God. I pray, Father, that if uh, there's someone in here today that doesn't trust you, God, that doesn't, that's not following you, God, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, you would consume them with your presence, Lord. 
God, I thank you, Lord, for being here. And I thank you, God, for everything that you've been doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in Deuteronomy 31, we're going to be reading through verses 1 through 8. Verse 1 says, If you made it there, say amen. amen. All right. Half of you made it there. All right. Verse 31, verse 1 says, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and he will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as they did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua, and he said to him, in the presence of all Israel, he says, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Man, when I read that, it, it just it, it excites me that he's sitting there telling Joshua, don't be afraid. And it's easy for us to, to hear, hear those words, don't be afraid. Somebody says, don't be afraid, and you're like, you don't know where I am. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know the mess that I'm in right now. You got, and when I think back to Joshua, think about, I think about this, what's going on is Joshua's life, this promise that God was always going to be with him, he was being charged to lead a bunch of disobedient people that didn't want to go where God was sending them. He was, he was, he was charged with a very hard task. And, and to, to be able to do that, Joshua, he was against all odds. Really, it was impossible. Odds. Because it's hard to take somebody somewhere they don't want to go. Amen? But God said, don't, have, don't be fearful. Be strong. Be courageous because I am with you. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going before you, he says. Man, that should give us confidence and courage that when, whatever we are in life, whatever situation we're coming up against right now, wherever you are, God is going before you. He's going to take charge of that. He is with you right now in the middle of everything. And as I look at this promise that, that he's telling Joshua and that he's telling us, as I read through that, what, what is he telling Joshua in this promise? He's saying, look, be strong and courageous. He's saying, what he's saying, for the most part, he's saying, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust is a big issue for a lot of us. We don't, we don't hardly, a lot of people don't trust many people. Can I get an amen? Anybody? I mean, you, you, you just, most people, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. Some of y'all, that's not far at all. But you can't trust people. People are going to let you down. People are going to hurt you. 
People are going to promise you things and never come through with it. But when you put, that's why if you put your hope in people, you're going to be hurt. You're going to be failed. You're going to be miserable. That's why it's so important we put our hope in the only one that will not fail us, and that's God. God says, look, don't, he tells it, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because of them. Don't be afraid of your, of, of your situation because it doesn't matter where you are. I'm with you right now in the middle of it. He's saying, don't be afraid or terrified. He's in control. That's what God's saying. And to trust people. It's hard to trust people in life. If somebody tells you something, don't really say, if it's, if it's a big thing, if you'd have told me five years ago, I would be right here, right now, I'd be like, you're crazy. You're crazy. There's no way I'd be doing this. But God saw this five years ago. God saw this before I was born, that I would be doing this right now. Show you the sovereignty and how big our God is. But the only way you trust someone, you have to walk with them. You have to do life with them. The only way people, the only way they trusted God, I'm sitting here listening to, to let me read the scripture, and I'm thinking about Joshua. Moses is 120 years old. Think of what he saw in 120 years. Think of what he saw God do. God, he saw God tell him to go, to go to Pharaoh. And when he went to Pharaoh, he, he, he obeyed God and he told Pharaoh everything God said. He's seen God prove his word faithful time and time again. Something that never happened. They get to the Red Sea and God parts it and they walk on dry, dry ground. And he goes through that. Moses, had, Moses was, had a reputation of walking with God. And here you have a man that has a reputation of walking with God telling, telling Joshua, look, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. I know what you're fixing to go up against. I know where you're headed. You're, you're scared. You don't know what's going to happen. But it doesn't matter because God is with you. And if he is for us, who can be against us? Amen? And we've got to learn to trust God. And I know trust is, I, I, trust is not shown right there in the moment. It's not shown right there in the moment, but it's, it's a continual track record that shows that you can trust someone. If somebody is continually doing things on a repetitive basis, you know that you can trust what they say. And God, throughout his whole, all, this whole book of, of his word, his whole Bible, he's got promise after promise and thing after thing that has happened that you can count on that did happen, that did come true, that is right. And he's saying, trust in the only one they can prove this to you. And we have to, sh- we have to do that. And when I think about Moses and I think about Joshua, how Joshua saw it firsthand, it just, it just, sometimes it makes me wonder, God, do I trust you enough? God, if, if, if you told me to go to Afghanistan with 300 men and go take out ISIS, would I go? You know, when I think about Joshua, I mean, he went against some very, I mean, like, like 3,000 300,000 men against 30,000. Did he say, "Uh uh-uh, we can't do it? He didn't say there's no way we're going to beat them. No, he gets on his knees and goes before God, and he says, God, are you going to turn them over to me? Are you going to give them to me? And God says, go. And with 30,000 men, he takes and and captures that city because God was with them. When God is with us and we trust him, we can do the impossible things. And he can do the biggest, I mean, he can do some huge things in our life. We just have to surrender to him and realize, hey, I'm not in control, and i got to trust the one 
that even started the hands of time. Man, that's what we've got to do. The next thing in that promise that he said that he will never leave us nor forsake us, he promised that we would have his presence. We would have his presence. Have you ever sat back and thought about how big it is having the presence of God? When Jesus died and he was resurrected, he sent, he sent the Holy Spirit upon us. And those who are saved, those are, those are, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're having the presence of the living God inside of you to help you with, with life journey. Man, how awesome is that? Nobody's excited. Y'all got to wake up this morning. I mean, that's awesome to me. That's awesome. I don't have to worry about being on my own. I don't have to worry about facing situations on my own, that God is with me every single day if I am truly a follower of him. But if you're not a follower of him, that is the most horrible thing because he's not with you. He's not with you. That's why it's so important that we give our life to Christ and really follow him wholeheartedly. But he's promised that his presence will be with us. He is going to go before us. And Joshua could rest in the fact that whatever difficulty came up, that he would be with them. When we're going through the most difficult seasons of life, it's often when we feel like his presence is not with us. Even when we begin to doubt God. I told y'all, you guys last week about my motorcycle accident I had, where I, I really I crushed the bottom part of my knee joint. I didn't tell you how bad it was. It was broken in 28 pieces. I had a rod. I got a rod now from my knee to my ankle because my leg bone was split in four places vertically. It was shattered. But me, you know, being a tough guy, being a man, I was like, oh, it's all right. It's just dislocated. Yeah. <laughs> Shows you how much I know about the anatomy of the human body. I get in there and I'm okay because my body's still under shock and I'm in the, they, fit, they take x-ray of my leg and I'm, I'm sitting here with my leg up and it's, it's, my leg's like this and my foot is and the lady says, all right, we're going we're gonna to move you. You ready? Yes, ma'am. One, two, and she went on two instead of three. And she turned my leg sideways and my body stayed the same. And it sounded like you took a cigar box full of rocks and turned it. In that moment, I'm like, God, where you at? Where you at? What's going on? What's going on? And I'm not going to lie to you, fear and panic struck me. I'm thinking, they're, they're not going to be able to fix that. I, I'm going to look like a pirate the rest of my life with a pig leg. There is no way they're going to be able to fix that. And I'm just, and, and, and the doctor's like, hey, don't worry, we're going to, it's going to be fine. And then he comes out and he tells my wife, I don't know if we're going to fix this. We're just going to put it all back together and pray that it works. And it worked. But in that moment, I didn't understand that God was right there with me. I didn't understand that I had, I had a, a Christian physician right there praying over my leg while he was, while he was doing surgery. And, and I had a man, he told me, the doctor told me that I probably wouldn't be able to run or nothing. And about five or six months later, I ran for the first time. That just shows me how God was with me through that. And it was one of those times that, I mean, I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, I, I was struck with fear. I was early in my walk with Christ, so I wasn't really trusting him as much as I should have. So when you, when you couple those things together, we're, we're struck with fear and anxiety about those things. And God's saying, don't fear. I'm with you right here in the middle of your mess. I'm right here in the middle. One thing that that taught me was, was that faith is not a feeling. Faith isn't a feeling. It's a decision. 
It's a decision to keep on pressing in, even though you don't feel God's presence. I'm going to say that again. Faith is not a decision. I mean, faith is not a feeling. It's a decision to keep on pressing in, even when you don't feel God's presence. And that has never been so true to me. When we think we pray, God hears us, and he does. God hears us, we're praying, we're doing what he wants us to do. And, and, and I'm, this year, this has been one of the toughest years of my life. I'm not going to lie to you. Today marks one year from where I stepped down from my position at Elon Baptist Church to plant this church. Had all confidence that this is it. I know this is what God wants you to do. I know this is going to be hard, but I'm going to walk out and I'm going to do this anyway. I know this is going to be hard, but God's called me to do this. Sabrina and I and Dallas and Jenna had fasted a month and prayed, and God gave us so much confirmation that we needed to do this. I took that step out. I didn't hear the voice of God for three months. I didn't hear him say, Jeremy. I didn't feel his presence in my quiet time. There was one time I fasted a week, and I prayed, I know, for two hours a day, and nothing changed, and I'm feeling like, God, what's going on? Did I do something wrong? Did, did, was this wrong? Should I not have done this? Should I stay where I was supposed to be? But he was right there the whole time. I can look back at what he was doing in my life through there, and he was telling me, Jeremy, to make it through this season you're going into, your faith has got to get up. You've got to have more faith in me. You've got to trust in me. You've got to trust in more than what the eye can see. Because God's doing things that we can't see sometimes. And we have to rest in that. As I was going through that whole process, God made me realize that God has a purpose. God has a purpose. When we're going through things and we're going through life struggles, we've got to realize that God is here with us. And because he's with us, he has a purpose for what we're going through. He has a purpose for what we're struggling through. And he's going to take care of it. Because it's his plan and his purpose. And it's hard for us to see that sometimes. It's hard for us to see the purpose in what we're going through. Anybody had that? Y'all being quiet like y'all's whole life is sunshine and daisies in here. I'm the only one that's been struggling. Every battle that Joshua encountered was to get the people to a place that God wanted them to be. Every battle... Everything that Joshua encountered, everything that happened was God's ultimate plan of getting them where they needed to be. And as I look back on my life, every struggle, every broken friendship, every trial, every heart, heartbreak, every tear I've cried has been for the purpose to God to get me where he wants me to be. Our purpose is not for us to be comfortable, church. It's not, it's not for us to be comfortable. We're not going to say we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to skip all the way to heaven. Y'all like that half skip? That was horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> I can't do it. But that's not the purpose of it. God is forming us. He got a purpose for our life, for us to be vessels, to be used by him. And to, for him to form us to that purpose, we're going to go through some very uncomfortable situations. We're going to go through some times where it hurts. So we wonder if God's even there. We're going to wonder why God even made us go through this. But we can rest in the fact that he has a purpose in it. He has a plan. When we're against the impossible odds. God's trying to show us that we can't lean on our own self and our own understanding. When you were in a place 
to where nothing can help you, nobody can help you but God. That's when it really shows you where your faith is. When no doctor can save you, when nobody can save your marriage, and all you can do is cry out to God, let me tell you, that's when you see how big our God is. When nobody, can, when nobody can, can cure your cancer, nobody can cure the disease you have, nothing's going to show you how big God is until you lean into him and rest in the fact that no matter what you're going through, he is here with you in the middle of his all this mess. And for some of us, it takes some very huge things for us to understand that. When we started to plant this church, God laid some people in our heart and we called them the core group. And they met at my house every Sunday night. Started in June. And when we started that core group, we began to pray. We began to grow as a family. And right as we started getting close, Kim Lane came. And she said, I want you guys to pray for something. They found a spot on my pancreas. And they don't really know what it is. And when you go into connect group with people, when you get close to people, she's, she's like a sister to me. Rick is like a brother to me. And when because they were hurt, they were confused, they didn't know what was fixing to happen, I began to hurt. That's what happens when we share each other's burdens. I didn't understand that, but I knew God had a purpose in that. A couple weeks later, Kim came back to connect group and she said, they diagnosed me with cancer. She can tell the story better than I can. But watch this short video of Kim's journey and what God did through that. Our God is here, amen? amen. When I watch that, can't do anything but think about their faith through that whole thing. How Kim was scared to death. She had those two little boys and she was scared to death that she had cancer. But she kept going back to what God just did. She could rest in the fact that God could heal because they just seen a miracle when they healed cold. And when I say, every time I see Cole, I see a little miracle running around. And I just wish you guys could have been there to be a part of that journey with them to see her faith and Rick's faith. They were in the middle of some of the toughest things I have ever seen somebody come against. And I can remember laying hands, us as a connect group, laying hands on her in the middle of my living room floor and just praying for God to heal her. Confident that my God can heal Confident that he can do whatever. And we, as we prayed, there was all kind of things being prayed. But I remember two prayers specifically. And I don't remember who prayed them. But I remember one person praying that she would not be sick. That she wouldn't be sick. If she had to take chemo, that she wouldn't be sick. And the other one is that God would restore her to full health. I remember those like they were yesterday. Let me tell you something. We took him food. She wasn't sick. The whole time she went through chemo, she wasn't sick. When she told me the chemo she took, it was called Red Dragon. I don't know if that's bad or not, but it sounds horrible to me. And to see her walk through that, 
But she stood in this, in this promise. She stood firm in this promise that God is here. Because everybody she come in contact with, she was telling them how good God was. She was telling them that God was going to heal her. She had confidence in what God was going to do in her life. When, I went to, when she rang that bell and I was up there with her and Rick and they were up there just praising God for healing her of the cancer, she got to ring that bell. She told all those people that were having cancer treatment right there that my God is big enough to heal them of their cancer. God was using her right in the middle of the biggest trial in her life. And it would have been easy for her to quit. It would have been easy for her to give up. It would have been easy for her to say, woe is me, poor and pitiful me. But instead, she stood on the promise that God was with her and he was going to use this for good. And he did. And he did. Through this whole thing, I know Kim and Rick's heart both was that their family would see God in this and that they would give their lives to them, to God. And I can't tell you how many people have been touched by watching them walk through this very tough thing in their life and come out the other side still praising him, praising him right through the middle of the storm. And you can't do that. You can't do that unless you're following Jesus. You can't do that until you rest in the thing that God is with us. I love the thing in verse 23 that he says in Deuteronomy. He says, the Lord gave the command to Joshua, the son of Nun. He said, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them and on an oath. And I myself will be with you. I myself will be with you. Going through that thing, it was tough. And I know it was tough on Rick, and even though it was tough on Kim, it was tough for all of us that loved them. But if they hadn't went through it, they wouldn't be where they are right now. They are so much closer to God right now than they were a year ago, two years ago. And it took going through those things. I'm telling you, God is not, he's not, he's not worried about our, our our comfortability. He's worried about our holiness. He's worried about us becoming more and more in the likeness of Christ. That's what he's worried about. When we go through these problems, we go through these issues, through these trials, it's about being more and more conformed to him. I can see myself now, I have more faith in God than I ever had because I went through those trials. Somebody told me last week that they heard of something else that happened to me. And it was like, man, you ain't living right. I like, what you mean you ain't living right? Man, this has happened, and that's happened, and this has happened, and this too's happened. My dog got, by, got bit by a rattlesnake two weeks ago, and, and it was like, well, my dog's going to die. You know what? I had, and Y'all might think this is silly, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I got faith that my God can do anything. And I pray for my dog to be healed, and guess what? He's living right now. Amen. You know what I'm saying? We got to have that kind of faith. We got to have that kind of trust in God. He is with us in every situation of life. Not just for the little things. He's, he's in the cancer. He's in the car wreck. You hear what I'm saying? He's in everything that we struggle with. He's in our depression. And he, he's when, when, when you're brokenhearted and you don't feel like you can take another step. He's in the divorce. When you feel like you're broken, he's in that to help you through that. He didn't cause it. But he's in it. He's in it to help you come through the other side. And when we come across those things in our life, we have to understand and realize that he's in control. Every day, 
that we live here on this earth is another day we get closer to eternity. Every situation that we come in is, is a chance for us to grow in him. And all, the pain, and all that pain, all that hurt, he still promised us that he'd be right here with us. When I started that whole three months that he didn't, God didn't say a word to me, everybody else was saying things to me. Everybody else was saying, you're wrong. We don't need another church in our county. You're just doing this for your own benefit. You're just going to do this. For, I heard I could, I could just name a list. And it began, to, and it was like every time it was a, it was a punch in the, in, in the head. It was just a punch in my face. Every time how I felt like somebody would just beat me down, beat me down, beat me down, beat me down. And I don't never forget, I was laying, I was laid out in the floor in my office, crying out to God, saying, God, if you, I, this is tough. And I don't know if I continue to do this, but God, I've got to feel your presence. I've got to feel, you've got to talk to me. Don't leave me here by myself. And it was in that moment I felt the flooding presence of my Lord. And he just gave me the peace that goes beyond all understanding. And I sat there and cried like you know I will. And I do. But I sat there and cried before God and I thanked him for all that junk that just happened because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have encountered his presence like I just did. It's time for us to quit looking at our problems and start focusing on God. That's why we have a lot of these issues because he's trying to get our attention so we'll look to him instead of our problem. Instead, we'll stop trying to fix our problems on our own and give them to him, give everything to him. When I look back at this, the promise is that it wouldn't be easy, but that he would be, he would be with us. When I go back, his presence is the whole promise. So if you think about how God of eternity. They sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to save you of your sins. That God chose to be with you. He wants to walk with you every single day. He wants you to depend on him for every single thing. He wants to be an active part of your life. Why wouldn't we Rejoice. Why, why wouldn't we let him in and say, God, help me. God, God, show me where I need to go. Show me what I need to do. Whatever you want, God, let, it, let my life please you. Why, would, why wouldn't we do that? Why don't we do that? We won't ever understand that until we realize that Christ is enough. We won't rest in the fact that God is with us until we realize that Jesus Christ is enough. He's enough to satisfy us. He's enough. He should be enough. He should be our central. Everything about us should be circled on Jesus. And we don't, focus, we don't realize that and focus on that. We're not going to rest in the fact that God's presence is with us. And when I look at the book of Exodus, it gives me, I love the Old Testament, but it starts out with people in bondage. It starts out with people that were making bricks out of straw. And then God brings those people into his glorious presence going through the wilderness. They're watching him. They're following everything he does. He's providing for every way they go. It started in gloom and it ends in glory. And it's a lot of like our lives. We start out in life bondage to sin, bondage to, to our own lifestyle, to our own selves, until we realize and surrender that we have a Savior that came and died for us. We have somebody that wants us to follow him every single way, every single day. 
And until we rest in that fact and start following him, we're going to be just wandering around. Would you, would you categorize your life as one in bondage or as one walking in the glorious presence of God? Because that's where the rubber meets the road this morning. No matter where we are, no matter what situation we're in, where are you walking? Because you're walking on your own understanding. Guess what? When problems hit, you're going to fall apart. You're going to try to fix them on your own. You're not going to cry out to God. And you know what? When you do cry out to him, you're going to be mad that he don't answer the prayer the way you want it to. He don't always answer our prayers the way you want them answered. Like I said, he's not after our comfort, but for us to be more and more in the likeness of Christ. He's more interested in our holiness. So as the Christian life takes all these turns and twists, if we're truly following God, we've got to realize that he's with us. That he's with us. That in the middle of our circumstances, we got to just keep on going. We got to keep on pressing on because God's promised to be with us. His presence is our promise. And eventually, guys, our faith and obedience while walking with God is going to take us into some unknown territory. It's going to take us to some steps to where we're going to have to say, all right, am I going to trust God or am I going to keep doing things the way I want to do things? Am I going to surrender my life to Jesus or am I going to keep on living this life that's empty? Am I going to keep on living this life that's not fruitful? Am I going to keep on just struggling every single day instead of giving it to him? I can look back at my old life. I can look back at those things that happened and some of those tragedies that happened that steered my life. In 2008 was a year that rocked me. God brought me into a relationship with a, with a friend of mine. He was my boss. His name was Benji. Benji had brain cancer. Nobody, he wasn't supposed to live through it. God healed him of that brain cancer. But through the surgery, it left him paralyzed on his left side. He had a lot of reasons to be mad and bitter at God. But I seen my buddy Benji smile. And praise God, walking with that cane every single day. He couldn't walk all that well. And he would fall down a lot. But I would pick him back up and tote him. I was worried that some people would thought we was a couple sometimes as close as I had to carry him. But I love my buddy Benji. And he showed me what walking with God looks like. No matter the pain, no matter the struggle, no matter what has happened in your life, you have something to praise God for. And then through all that junk, God was still with him. And in 2008, he got diagnosed with brain cancer again. And through all that, he was still praising God. Sat there and watched my best friend be demobilized. Where is he? He couldn't even talk. But when I walk in the room, he just smile and he point up. Because his faith was in Jesus, not in his circumstances. And he had a wife and two beautiful children. I get a phone call the week before Memorial Day. Jeremy, Benji's doing bad. If you want to see him, you need to come on to the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. 
because he's not going to make it. So I load up and I'm headed home from Millersville to work. I'm from work going home. To, I get home to change clothes and my wife calls me. She said, Jeremy, I don't know what's happening, but Daddy, Daddy ain't doing good and they think he's going to die. So I turn around and I run to Augusta instead. And in eight hours, I lost two of the most influential men in my life. And I found myself in a place of saying, God, why? God, what's going on? And then as my life continued to get worse, my marriage began to fall apart. Friends that I thought loved me began to shun me. And here I find myself beating my head against the wall, saying, God, why? But the whole time he was there, the whole time he was navigating me. And even though it was the most painful part of my life, I can look back and see how God used all that all that to get me to where I am right now. It took all that for my wife to get saved. It took all that for us to be united together as a husband and wife to be, for me to be able to be a pastor. So God used all that stuff, even though I didn't know what was going on at that time, to glorify Him. Following Jesus ain't easy. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But it's so worth it. Because when I go through those trials, I have faith and I can rest in the fact that he is going to walk with me through it. That he's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. He's saying right now, he's telling somebody, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear because I am with you. He's telling you that right now. And sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Amen. Sometimes you got to say, look, God's with me. I need to quit wallowing in my own self-pity and rest in the fact that the God of the universe loves me. And I'm walking through this junk. But even though I'm walking through this stuff, he's right here beside me. Don't be mad at God. Don't be bitter at God. Turn your eyes to Jesus. And a lot of times, we don't see things that way because in reality... A lot of us are caught up in religion. A lot of us are caught up in just going to church, and we don't have a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with God, you're not going to be able to trust Him because He's not proven anything to you. If you don't have a relationship with God, when you go through those bad, tough situations in life, you're going to be mad and bitter because you think that He did this against you, but He realized. You've got to realize He loves you. That you've seen Kim's testimony and how a person that is truly a follower of Christ looks to Jesus when you go through those problems. When you look, they were looking to glorify him and everything they did through that whole ordeal. It's a great example of how God is with us through it all. So this morning, I just want to open up a, an invitation to you guys. We all struggle hard. 
We all struggle. We, we all struggle through life. There's going to be times when it's easy, and there's a lot of times when it ain't. And I'm using improper English because it ain't easy. It's about who has your heart. And only you know your heart. And only you know if Jesus Christ is the center of your life. And if he's not the center of your life, you need to give it to him today. You need to quit hanging on to it like you've always done. You need to quit just coming to church. You need to surrender your life today and give it to him. You need to surrender your life and say, God, I want to trust in you. I want you to go with me to work in the morning. Amen? I want you to go to the hospital with me when I got to go. Amen? I want you to go with me to the funeral home when everything's bad. I want you to go with me, God, because he is the only one that can. He's the only one that's going to save you. You can't save yourself. So if that's you this morning, if you're like, Jeremy, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. I want to quit playing games. I want to quit the religious card. I want to quit saying that I got baptized when I was a kid and I went to church every now and then and I'm a Christian. Today, you want to surrender your life for real this time and really follow him so his presence can go with you. And if that's you this morning, we just want you to be bold and unashamed of Jesus Christ and say, that's me, Jeremy. And raise your hand and say, that's me, Jeremy. I want to surrender my life to him right now. The reason we get people to raise their hand is not to embarrass you. It's because my God says, if you deny me before me, I'll deny you before the Father. And people can talk you into anything. But if I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out to it. But if God is moving in your heart, you can surrender to him. We just want to pray with you. We just want to celebrate with you. We want to praise God that he's moving in your heart. So don't sit here worrying about what people are going to think. Because in 10,000 years, who's going to care? Who's going to care? And all of us have an eternity. It's either heaven or hell. And God's made the opportunity for you to go to heaven, but you made the choice. So are you going to surrender today? One more chance. I'm going to give you, if that's you today, you're going to surrender your life to Christ. Just, so, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. So we all saved, we all born believers, and we all got this thing, right? As the band comes up, all of us are going to face trials. Some of you are in the middle of the fiercest battle you've ever been in in your life right now. Some of you are struggling right now. Some of you are struggling to be a Christian going to work. Some of you are struggling right now to, to, be, to be the bold man and woman of God that he's called you to be. And sometimes you wonder, is this even worth it? Maybe today's the day that you come to this altar and you lay that at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you come and you say, God, I want God, help me, Lord. Rest in the fact that you are with me through every situation. That you are here with me. That your presence is your promise. And that if I'm yours, you're with me everywhere. God, maybe you want to come today and say, God, I want to feel your presence more than I've ever felt it before. God, maybe you want, maybe he needs to reveal sin in your life so that you can follow him more. Only you know. And that's what this altar's for. And that's what this time is for. So if you will, stand, please. Father God, we just come to you right now, Lord, just praying and thanking you, Lord, for this service. Thank you, God, for moving in our hearts. And, Lord, I pray 
that we would understand and realize that, that your presence is here with us right now. That, Lord, whatever life hits us, whatever life throws at us, that you are right here with us, God. Lord, I pray that you would just burden our hearts, Lord, for things that we need to give over to you. That you would just change us, Lord. And we would leave this place different than how we came in. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name.